This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Well, making the right decisions consistently over time is often the difference between a mediocre nonprofit and one that is thriving. And one of the key areas in your nonprofit where you need to make the right decisions is in the area of finances. Well, today we're going to explore how nonprofit leaders can gain greater financial insights in order to make smarter business decisions. To help us navigate through this topic is my guest today, Jason Kruger. Jason is the president and founder at Signature Analytics. Signature Analytics was founded in 2008 and brings the expertise of large company financial tools to small and medium-sized businesses, as well as large nonprofit organizations. I think you're going to really enjoy today's show. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is sponsored by DonorBox. DonorBox, helping you help others with the best donation forms in the business. Well, thanks, Jason, for being on the show today. Thanks, Rob. Happy to be here. All right. Well, today we're going to explore how nonprofit leaders can gain greater financial insights in order to make smarter business decisions. You know, making the right decisions, as I say at the outset of this nonprofit, is so important, particularly when you make them consistently over time. I think it's the difference between a mediocre nonprofit organization and one that's really thriving. And one of the ways you can do that is when it comes to your finances and specifically how to weatherproof your organization for possible barriers and problems down the road. So for example, today I'd like to start out, Jason, by asking the question about recession. We hear about it quite a bit. And I wonder, in your opinion, are we headed into a recession? And if so, how best do individuals, nonprofit organizations specifically, prepare for and mitigate against a recession? Yeah, it, you know, it's interesting question because it, it's been talked about for the last year, over a year, right? Hey, you know, we're going to have a recession, we're going to have a recession. And then, you know, it hasn't come. And, and so what we saw a lot last year, actually, at the beginning of the year is companies were more hesitant. They were pulling back quite a bit. Organizations uh, it impacted nonprofits quite a bit, I think, as far as contributions, donors being willing to you know, to to provide funding to organizations. What we saw in the second half of last year is, is individuals, companies, organizations start to to you know realize that hey, we can't be scared forever. So we we just need to start doing business, right? And I think that mentality is still there. I think though that there are still a lot of there is still a lot of uncertainty. There is sort of a lot of companies that are a little bit nervous about the future. I, I don't know if a recession is going to come or not. It, it seems like it, we're not going to have one, but you know, don't 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 take my word for it. I guess, but and it, it's also interesting because we see it at the ground level. We we're working with companies and organizations, nonprofit organizations, and and other companies that are ten million uh, budget, ten million revenue, up to hundred million, and at the ground floor, there's still a lot more. There's still a lot of challenges that are happening. 
But when you hear right. the news overall, they say, well, the economy is you know, actually thriving, doing better than expected, all this stuff. And, and so, but when you really look at it from an individual level, I think there still are a lot of challenges that organizations are dealing with. So that's, that's one. And what we do is you know, we provide and with our clients, we're working with them on financial leadership. So making sure they have uh, confidence in their accounting and financial aspect of their organization so that they have clarity in the in that information to be able to make decisions. And so when it comes to that, now going back to your weatherproofing, there is, an, especially in an uncertain environment, financial clarity is critical to managing your organization effectively and to be able to manage while looking into the future versus having to manage day-to-day cash flow of, can we pay our bills this week? And can we make payroll, right? That's a, a terrible, it's a terrible cycle to get into as an organization is constantly being worried about, can we make payroll in two weeks? And what bills are we going to have to pay, right? We see a lot of times it's okay, let's, we're printing out our AP list and who can we pay this week, right? And what cash are we going to get? So number one on, you know, when we talk about weatherproofing and, and I always want to look at it from a long-term lens. I understand there's short-term challenges, but in order for an organization to thrive, we have to look at it long-term. So start with the budget, right? Every every nonprofit organization should have an annual budget. Um, I mean, that's that's. I mean, they're better at that than for-profit companies are. At hey, we got to have a budget, right? And so let's make sure we have a budget. What I like to do in, in an uncertain environment is have you know budget that we lock in, that the board board agrees on, management agrees on, but we also look at maybe a scenario analysis associated with that. Well, if, if things don't go as well, what, what would our budget be then? So you have a plan. If things are doing going better than expected, you know, is there opportunity beyond what we've already taken into consideration in the current budget? So you have one budget that everybody agrees on that gets locked in based on the situations of the organization, based on forecasting what you see. That's critical, but in especially in uncertain times, having an understanding of different scenarios is going to be critical so that you can react more quickly to uncertainty in, in what's happening. So starting, got to have a budget, got to manage against that budget. And uh, what comes from that is obviously clarity in financials. Having, an, as we know, in every organization, cash is king, right? So 13-week cash flow, we call it a 13-week cash flow. That basically equates to one quarter looking forward one quarter in advance on a weekly basis, we want to have that set in place at all times. So we can confidently look forward and say, okay, this is what we feel our cash position should be or will be as we look forward over the next quarter. We're always up, we're updating that weekly so that you know we're always pushing it forward. It's not going to be exactly what we think, but we need to make sure that we're managing our costs and our cash inflows and our cash outflows. We have clarity in that looking forward. That gives us more clarity on ensuring that, yes, we can make payroll and ensuring that we're paying our vendors on time or based on when we need to pay them. And hopefully, you know, in some cases, maybe we have discussions with vendors in advance and are more transparent with them as to our situation. Um, that gives more clarity as well. So having a, a 13-week cash flow is critical. Even if you don't have any other good financial information, managing cash is going to be critical. We even see a lot of times a lot of organizations will, they want to get on top of things from a technology perspective. 
And then they end up having all this technology and costs and software costs that they're not using, right? And so that can, a quick review of your technology costs and your technology stack can save you a couple hundred grand a year even, depending on what you're using and not. Even like a, a Salesforce is very expensive. You have the right number of users in place. Sometimes you're paying for users that you aren't that you don't necessarily need. And that can be thousands and thousands of dollars depending on how the size of the organization. So things like that are, are critical. And then in this time in world real estate, you know, how many offices do you have? Do you need that that amount of space? Does your team, is your team using your office space, how they should be using it? If things have changed since the COVID experience that we all went through, are there opportunities to look at that and, and really reduce some of those real estate or, or create more of a variable expense for the real estate costs are critical as well. So there's there's a lot that can be said about those. We could take up more than the, the time allotted today. So I'm happy to dig in any. I'm happy to provide information after the fact, however you want to go uh, move forward on this, Rob. No, well, thanks for sharing that. I think all those things, great, you know, key, if you want to call measuring sticks of what would be really important to make sure when it comes to weatherproofing your nonprofit, I think you listed some really good things. Another thing that I want to talk about briefly is the audits. You know, something that we all ought to be prepared for in the nonprofit world, in my mind, is annual audits. We've decided at the organization I've led for many years now, we just have chosen to get independently audited every year. And I'm a big believer in that because I think it really communicates to donors out in the community that someone else is looking into your books, just making sure everything is, you know, organized. It's, it's according to the best financial and accounting principles. I think it just gives a lot of credibility and some assurance to donors, let alone your board, that things are being run well. It is an expense. And so maybe we can get to that. Do you have a recommendation on the one hand of how often you ought to get an audit? Is it every year or maybe some other rhythm of time? And then I know when we were briefly talking, I know one of your goals is to make audits a breeze for your nonprofit. Now, I think a lot of people listening are like, it's definitely not a breeze, but so how do we get to that goal? So how often should they do them? And then how do they get to that place where it really becomes just a normal thing that they do every year? Yeah. Well, as you know, you know, once a, an organization becomes a certain size, the in most cases they are required to have an annual audited financial statements. I, you know, I really do. I agree with you, Rob, that the value there's value that you know the expense that you have to incur. You get enough value out of that to in a number of ways. So I, I think annually is best practice and probably what I would recommend. Not only one, it gives you credibility, right? It gives you credibility with your donors, as you mentioned. It gives you credibility uh, with your board, and that in enough will pay for itself, right? It will pay for the cost of the audit just by giving yourself that credibility. The second is that it gives you assurance that your that your books and records are accurate, and that you you get your you have good information to make decisions off of. Now, the challenge is if you're only doing it once a year, then you know, you're only getting good information once a year. So the way to actually make, and you're, it's, it's creating a lot of challenges uh, when you go through the audit so that it is not a breeze, right? You're, you're like, okay, well, I got, I've been taking care of my financial records for a year and now we have to go through this audit. Well, obviously it's going to be very, very difficult, right? And so what we bring in, what we bring in, bring to the table with our clients really is that financial leadership on a flexible basis that's flexible and scalable within the organizations. And it's that financial leadership that really allows for organizations to, allows for us to provide uh, structure 
and to give organizations clarity into their financial information on an ongoing basis. So what ends up happening is we would set, make sure that the, the company or the organization is able to close the books on a consistent basis every month. And at the same time, that there's processes in place with supporting information and schedules to support the numbers so that when you are audited, 90% of the audit is already done and in place um, and, and you're, you're doing pretty good. Oh, excellent. That's very good. That's, that's, I'm glad to hear that. And then that's the goal for every nonprofit leader is to get to the point where it's a breeze every time, no problem. So that, let's get into that and kind of the next question. You know, one of the ways we can get to the place where audits become less stressful and, and just easier is it seems like by just really having efficient month-in processes put in place on a regular basis. In other words, if you're doing things right every month, when you get to that place of the annual audit, it feels, and I know for our organization, boy, it's just so much easier. But maybe for some nonprofits that are listening, particularly if they're newer, maybe it's hard. They're not quite at that place where they have a really efficient month-in close process. So how can they do that? How can they create something that's quick, it's accurate, and it has insights that can really help them to to really get to the point where then an annual audit really is pretty easy? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the the first thing is, you know, let's make sure you have a good software that you can use, right? I mean, depending on the size, a lot of companies use QuickBooks and QuickBooks can be, is great, but QuickBooks isn't going to do it all for you. You have to have that financial acumen to be able to establish that process. At the end of the day, what an auditor is going to be, you know, the audit process, and and I actually used to be an auditor in my back in the day. So I spent a lot of the first part of my career, first 10 years, most of it with Deloitte, one of the large public accounting firms. And really the process involves ensuring and validating the accuracy of the balance sheet or uh, from an organization, from a nonprofit perspective, the statement of financial position. So what they'll want is a trial balance and they'll want to look at, you know, the balance, the, I'm sorry, statement of financial position, which is cash, any accounts receivable you have, or which include donor funds that you feel are going to be coming in. That's going to be, they're going to be taking a look at that because sometimes, you know, is it truly AR? Is it not? You're looking at prepaid expenses. You're looking at maybe property equipment, accounts payable, those types of things. What, what the auditors will want is supporting schedule for each one of those line items on your financial statements. And if you have a schedule that supports that, they then will audit that, they'll make selections, et cetera. That, if that's not being done on a monthly basis, it creates significant challenges for the auditors to have to go back and work with the organization to recreate a lot of that information throughout the year. And so the process that we put in place is a, a clean monthly close process so that you're able to produce and have confidence in the financial information on a monthly basis, but at the same time, have that supporting information on a, on a monthly basis so that when you do form the audit, 90% of the requests is, is what you're already doing every month. And then we help lead them through that and it becomes a, you know, a pretty streamlined process and situation. What we haven't even gotten to at this point on this call or in this conversation that we're having is the value of actually having good financial information. So not only are you preparing yourself for the audit, but you're giving yourself good financial information and real-time data that now you can pass over to your program leaders and they can see, okay, where, where are my actuals against the budget for the program that I'm managing? And getting them that good information, managing against the actuals versus the budget every month. And so that you really have visibility and you can make better decisions. And that's critical as, as organizations grow 
having good financial data is is going to be and timely and accurate is critical to running that organization. We'll be right back. Are you looking for an easy and effective way to boost your nonprofit's donations? Look no further than DonorBox, the online fundraising platform that streamlines your fundraising efforts, maximizes donations, and simplifies giving for your supporters. With DonorBox, you can create beautiful donation forms, accept digital wallet payments, track donations, and send auto receipts. And the best part? There are no setup or monthly fees and no long-term contracts required. So what are you waiting for? Visit DonorBox.org today to get started. That is DonorBox.org. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. I wanted to let you know that I've recently become a professionally certified coach. With my nearly 30 years of nonprofit experience, I know firsthand how hard leaders work. I also know how important it is to have someone you can call on to get help with the barriers and leadership challenges you will face both professionally and personally. I really want people to thrive and become all they were meant to become by providing coaching and consulting services. If coaching is something you've always been interested in, but weren't quite sure what it was all about, I encourage you to reach out. You can go to my website, robharder.com, or just email me at rob at robharder.com. I would be happy to provide a free sample coaching session so you can determine if coaching is for you. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Yeah, that's a great segue in the next question, really. I do feel like, from my experience, it really comes down to having, well, developing on the one hand and then implementing an efficient accounting process. So how can nonprofits really get to that place where they truly have an efficient accounting process? And the second question to that is, how can they know when it's working well? Yeah, I think, uh, unfortunately, you know, in nonprofit organizations and, and com- a lot of companies as a whole, but especially in nonprofits, they're very, very, very cost conscious. And they have to be because they have a mission and they want their costs that and contributions and donations and grants that come in to be focused on the mission, right? And so they have the programs and the programs should uh, align with the mission of the organization and that's where they want their costs to go. And they're held accountable to that too when, when they prepare their statement of functional expenses, which goes along with you know, an audit or, or is reported on the 990 return that, that is filed every year. So the public can now see, okay, how much is your, your, the money you're taking in is being applied to programs? How much is, is being applied to administrative costs? How much is, is being applied to fundraising, right? And where a lot of organizations get in trouble is if they have 80% of the, the money coming in that's going to fundraising, that's not a good ratio. And, and then they, they get in the news, right, for, for you know, not, not contributing to the mission that they have in place. So costs and, and how costs are allocated is is very challenging within an organization. And, and quite honestly, there's limited costs that companies can allocate to different areas of their organization. So that being said, um, what we see a lot, it was just a true lack of financial leadership in the accounting and finance function of an organization, meaning they also don't have the sophistication or the team that even if they know what they need to do, they don't know about it. And so what we bring to the table is that financial leadership where we can work with their existing team, make sure that they have the processes and that we establish the initial processes, document those processes and procedures, roles and responsibilities, 
in developing what you're what we are referring to is that month-end close process. And so that month-end close process is critical to close the books and produce good management reporting on a consistent basis. And so that process then is developed. Everybody has responsibilities and you have that financial leadership to be able to, to execute on that to produce good financial information. Well, it seems like when it comes to organizations that are really trying to put in this efficient accounting process and good, good financial data, as you mentioned earlier, they bump into barriers. And so from your experience, you work with a lot of nonprofits and you've done that for many years. What have you found to be some of the biggest barriers for nonprofits to really get to that place where they have good financial data on the one hand and they have really good, efficient accounting practices? Yeah, it really comes down to resources. And that that's what you know we're trying to overcome, right? Is it's very expensive to hire a CFO, right? You can't get a CFO for $100,000 a year. That's really what I would call a CFO these days, right? And, and I think a lot of companies uh, or organizations, they might uh, feel that they're hiring somebody that's a CFO, but they're really not the skill set that's going to take that organization to the next level. And so same thing with a controller. controller a real controller is going to be over $100,000 a year as well. And if you're hiring a controller for $60,000 a year, probably not a true controller that's going to take you to that next level that has the sophistication to take you to that next level. And that's just the reality that we see. And so the reality is the hindrance, I think, is cost and and making that investment. But then also, I think what ends up happening is I think the executive team may be uh, nervous or scared to make that investment because it's not attributed to a program or what they're saying is to the mission. But what, I, what we end up seeing a lot of times is that the board of directors, who there tends to be a lot of sophistication on the board, they actually want that level of sophistication and they're willing to invest in it. So I think just having that conversation with the board saying, hey, you know what, we, are, we don't have the sophistication we need to get clear and concise and good financial information to make decisions to achieve the ultimate goals that we have as the organization. We want to invest in this a little bit more. And what we found is the board, in many cases, the finance committee and the board are more, they're, they're excited about that, to have that conversation because they can see that management is really thinking about the future and they want to make that investment because they know how important that is to an organization. So I think it's the mindset a little bit that is the challenge, the cost component, that's a challenge. But I think having that conversation with the finance committee and the board as to hey, this is what we want to do and what we need to do to take it to the next level is how you can overcome that. Well, you know, I think another big issue for nonprofits when it comes to finances is this issue of transparency. Again, I'm personally a big believer. I think you are too, Jason, in transparency, particularly when it comes to finances. You know, it's one thing to be transparent. You want to be transparent with everything you do in a nonprofit organization and a business for that matter too. But when it comes to finances, even more so, that's the place where if you're going to run into trouble, people do not want to see it in the financial department. So transparency is so, so critical. When it comes to why, I would just say for my listeners, why is transparency so important? Well, it builds trust with donors again. Donors trust when the more transparent you are, the more trust they will put in your organization. So from your perspective, how can nonprofits really increase their transparency with their financial practices? Yeah, I think a lot of it too, it's not just transparency, it's timeliness, right? And I think creating a... So we may... If we're not closing the books, if we're two months late on closing the books every month, we might be given transparency, but it's late. And you know, it, 
it kind of irritates the board in a lot of cases sometimes. So let's make sure we get we get timely communication and transparency. But but I think what it also does is if we can get the the transparency in finance in the financial environment becomes part of the culture too. And so what we do with a lot of our clients or organizations we work with is we're getting them real-time data. We're getting their team, their program managers, real-time data that gets sent to them automatically through the system that they're working with. Or we can develop an easy, a quick and easy process to send them information uh, on a daily or weekly basis. So now program managers are getting, as I kind of mentioned before, they're getting what's their budget for their program for the month and for the year to date or for the quarter or whatever it may be. And then where are they against that budget in the line items that that really applies to them? And they're getting it specifically for their program. And then another program manager over here is getting the same information, but for their program. And so you start to create this culture of, hey, we're all getting real-time good information. I have transparency in my department, not, not only in my department, I have full transparency in my department. So I can manage against this on a real-time basis and I don't have to guess after the fact or what happened, you know, where, where did we end up last quarter, last month? I know right now where we are. And then to your point, then on a night, on a you know, monthly or at a minimum quarterly basis, you're meeting with the team and you're sharing the results of the organization from a financial perspective. So everybody is aligned on, hey, here's the direction we're going. Things are going great. Hey, you know what? We've missed out on some of these other areas or some contributions or donors didn't come through like we thought. So Let's talk through that and how that impacts the organization. But it allows individuals to take ownership and especially in nonprofits, everyone's really motivated towards the mission. That's why they're there. And you know, people understand, hey, you know what? We're having some challenges. So how do we work together to create, you know, to achieve the mission, but you know, based on the new situations that may have occurred? So if you're just hiding the financials and you have the program people over here doing their thing. And they don't have visibility. Ultimately, they're going to find out good or bad, and you know it's just it's not the culture that we've seen as be as successful. Well, I have a feeling that my listeners are going to really want to lean into this. Get more, have, probably have more questions for you and for your company, just because getting efficient and effective accounting practices implemented into your nonprofit is so critical. So, how can people find out more about you and about Signature Analytics, your company? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, our company is Signature Analytics. Uh, it's signatureanalytics.com. We, you know, we were talking Rob earlier that we do service companies and clients of all industries, but our biggest niche and our, our you know, our biggest really our biggest focus is that nonprofit space. So we have a specific section on our website specifically for nonprofit space in the nonprofit space as you'll see. So that's, you know, really our focus and, and where we really can see that we've provided so much value. And our, we have a designated team that's really excited about the, the nonprofit space and the, the community, and that's their passion. And that's what makes it so fun is, you know, our team is really excited about and passionate about our clients and what they do, especially in that space, because, you know, they're really driven towards that. So our website is a great place to go. I can be emailed directly, obviously, anytime, the letter J, Kruger, K-R-U-G-E-R, at signatureanalytics.com. Um, we have a great team of about 80 uh, full-time employees. Again, we're not a staffing or recruiting firm. We have full-time employees that we train on our processes to make sure we're providing the value that our clients deserve. And you know, really love to talk to anyone. And, and again, 
I'm happy to just answer questions or if anyone wants to bounce things off of me, I'm happy to do that just to help them and, and point them in the direction that might be helpful. Well, again, Jason, thanks so much for what you do to invest in the nonprofit sector, provide these really good resources and insights. Because again, as I said before, getting accounting and finances right for a nonprofit is just absolutely critical for any effective nonprofit if they want to grow or even just maintain where they are now. So thanks for taking time to be on the show. And thanks for watching the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much, Rob. Hey, friends. Well, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to other podcasts. I also want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. This will actually help us get this great content out to more nonprofit leaders just like you. You can also join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community, find other resources and interviews of past guests all on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Well, thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better. This podcast is sponsored by DonorBox. DonorBox, helping you help others with the best donation forms in the business.